You're listening to The Printcast, Season 2, for sophisticated arty types. You're listening to The Printcast, a podcast about the expanding world of printmaking today. I'm your host, Nick Naughton, a master printmaker with 20 years of experience in both fine art and commercial print. The Printcast is here to be an inky finger on the pulse of what's happening in printmaking today, bringing you news, interviews with contemporary artists, and timely stories from around the art world. I'm glad to have you with me today. Yesterday I was posting on social media about the end of the $600 CARES Act unemployment benefit, which has been so vital to so many people during this time around the country. And with nearly 20 million Americans out of work, it's a scary time for a lot of people, and I'm sure many listeners of this podcast are being affected by this right now. Um, But what occurred to me yesterday, though, is that there's a lot of hopeful things going on and happening all around us, and I wanted to point out one of those today. I've never seen such daily actions take place during my lifetime, like um, what's going on with like taking down racist Confederate monuments, the wide support for protesters, um, and I really feel like a renewed sense of purpose as we all engage from home in changing the fabric of our nation and what it stands for. Um, it's a long time coming, but there's still a lot of work to do, but I'm emboldened nonetheless. Um, another aspect of life right now that gives me hope is the myriad things happening through the print world. And there are, I mean, really, there are so many lectures and panels to watch and listen to. Uh, I can't even keep up, but keep it coming, everybody who's producing all this content. It's amazing, and it's been the kind of stuff I've wanted to watch and listen to my entire career. Um, and it really, it features interesting artists who are working on issues related to human rights, equality, and revolutionary ideals. Lots of print shops around the country have started offering services for free or at cost, and those opportunities are lending a vital resource to activists who are hard at work. Um, And also, if you're looking for services like this, I'm sure in your own locality there's a print shop who's offering something like this, so maybe check your local print shops. But also, IPCNY has a pretty good list of resources that's up Um, including some places around the country that you could go for help, um, you know, free printing and whatnot. Um, Artists everywhere are also selling art to benefit causes, and their fellow artists are um, receiving grants from these projects. Um, It's benefiting communities, kind of like my previous guests on the show um, from Calliope Arts and their C19 project. And my guest today is hosting a multi-pronged fundraiser that starts today, July 25th of 2020, And so if you're in the printmaking circles, you may have heard of this. It's called Printmakers Against Racism. And I'm here with Desiree Asperes, an educator, therapist, and printmaker based in San Diego who's started this project, and I'm excited to learn more. So Desiree Asperes, welcome to the Printcast. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. Thanks for making time. So we... We've thrown this together super quick, but um, with the project launching, like as we speak, I wanted to have you on and just talk about like what spawned this, um, what people should look for if they want to get involved on different levels, and just just everything mm-hmm. motivating you to do this right now. So let's start at the beginning. Like what what gave you the idea to do Printmakers Against Racism? Gosh, you know, um, it's really interesting how the universe works. I mean, I think like everyone else, um, when the pandemic came and started um, being in our lives almost every moment. And, you know, my life, my family's life, everyone I know, our lives were kind of disoriented and turned upside down. Um, And a couple months in, just beginning to finally get uh, 
used to some of the changes um, that were happening, you know, staying home, um, having kids at home, if you have them, um, just trying to work now in a different capacity. Um, I was just getting my head wrapped around all that when, when the tragedy of George Floyd's murder happened. Um, and then we also began to hear about um, Ahmaud Arbery, Rayshard Brooks, uh, Breonna Taylor, and all the other, all the other black women, black men, black trans people who have been being killed, being so negatively impacted by racism, systemic racism, everything that's happening. And I think I, along with with all of us um, really began to think about what, what can I do now? Um, because I, I feel like I've, I've always wanted to be of service. You know, that's part of the reason why um, I became a therapist, part of the reason why I, I love to teach. I teach um, um, graduate students counseling classes. Um, it's, um, just part of what I've always wanted to do. But at this juncture, a couple of months ago, I was feeling like, what is this? This is not enough. Um, I need to be doing more, but also what does more mean? I mean, you see, you see all the suggestions of what we should be doing in terms of reading, being active, um, engaging more politically and locally to not be performative. Um, and so, you know, all these things were kind of swirling around and I was trying to figure out, you know, what's my lane. <laughs> um, and at the same time, it, it, this also converged with this point where I wanted to go back to art making, to printmaking, to book arts, because I'd been away from it for, for about a year or so. And so that's when, um, that urge to get back into printmaking and just learn more about its um, role as a tool in, in protest, in political activism came and I started the Printmaking as Resistance Instagram account just as a almost a daily prompt for me to explore the history of that. So. I'm by no means an expert in that. It was really just an opportunity for me to explore that area to give myself kind of a project. Um, but then soon after that, um, a woman, a, a Filipino uh, artist I was following in the Philippines, she had posted on her Instagram stories um, a post about bakers against racism. And with the, the flashing gift said, um, it's, we've raised almost $1.2 million. And I thought, what is this? That's crazy. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Right? Um, so, you know, I clicked through and I, and I looked at the Bakers Against Racism campaign. I saw that um, their first post was June 4th and they had plans for this kind of global fundraiser for, I think it was only two, two, two and a half weeks after that. Um, and I just began thinking, I was like, huh, surely there is something like this 
for artists or for printmakers. And I would be totally on board because I've been wanting to, you know, be of service, but also get creative again in a meaningful way. Um, at the same time, I'd also just listen to um, this um, Instagram workshop by this uh, disability awareness um, writer and artist and poet in LA. Her name is uh, Wahela Nahanda. And this workshop was on the role of the artist in social change or in the revolution. And I'd never listened to anything like that before. Um, and at the end of that workshop, she just talked about how, you know, we might not change the world artists, but we can, we can just be constantly dropping seeds and inviting people in. So maybe it's not overnight that some of these shifts happen, but it's incremental. Um, so I listened to that also. So that's what was kind of swirling around in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I went to the to the interwebs, to Google, to research. I didn't see anything specific for printers. Um, I saw an Artists Against Racism campaign, um, but it was more of a broad like advocacy and education campaign, not necessarily a, um, a call to artists specifically to make art and fundraise. Although there are a lot of individual artists and groups that were already doing that on their own, uh, but not like a collective effort. So I began to think, huh, um, what if I, what if we did this? Um, what would happen? Um, but then I got freaked out a little bit. I was going to say um, that's an I intimidating thought, you know, a very intimidating thought. And, um, you know, I, I liked if I enter into something I want to do right by all the people that are going to be involved. So I actually reached out to um, one of the co-founders of Bakers Against Racism, uh, Chef Willa Pellini. And I said, hey, look, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about doing this. Um, what are some lessons learned? What are some pitfalls? What are some things that I need to think about um, if, if I embark on this? And she was incredible. She responded immediately. She said, let's have a chat. And we and she really talked me through what was what would have been most helpful for them if they kind of knew it ahead of time and tips to move forward and just even the nitty gritty of how to set set some of the processes up. And you know, after I, I spoke with her, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe this is doable. Let me just throw this out there and just see what happens. Um, and so I think that was uh, the Monday after July 4th. I, I, I think I spent two, two sleepless days and nights like getting the website up and you know making sure everything was where it needed to be. Um, but I wanted to do it as soon as possible just because you can feel the urge that people have to do something to be involved. So I, I, I knew, I know that racism wasn't going to go away overnight if I, you know, if we were to wait, but I just wanted to do this as fast as possible to kind of harness some of that momentum. Um, so, you know, the first couple days, um, there was, you know, some interest. Um, and it's, I think by day two or three, you know, I'd put, um, I'd put out that printmaking 
challenge to some of the larger organizations to, to pick it up and share. Um, and it really began to pick up some steam. And that's when Instagram uh, shut down the Printmakers Against Racism Instagram account. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask about that. Like what, Yeah. so what, what, what caused them to do that and why couldn't you get it back up or what? I don't understand. You know, that that is still a big question mark. Um, I didn't um, receive um, any kind of um, reason for the shutdown. Um, I think I was actually in the middle of scrolling through um, the New York Times Magazine's Instagram account and um, and liking some of the their previous artistic pieces um, when I got the notification that um, your your account has been disabled. Um, you know, where we we might get through the review in 24 hours, and if it passes a review, you might be able to request something through the help center. It was very vague. <laughs> so bizarre. Um, huh. And it hasn't been. Um, and it hasn't been turned back on. Um, and I I debated for about half a day, um, you know, how hard should we go in terms of um, getting to the bottom of it, um, getting some questions answered. But I thought, you know, I already had the, the printmaking is resistance Instagram account up um, and rather than lose time and energy, um, let's just shift it over to the other account and, and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that um, maybe it was helpful in some way to have that happen um, because I, I feel like it, it gave people who already knew about it a little bit more motivation to, to share again and maybe even share it further. Um, so it, I, I don't regret that it happened. I mean, I, it's still a big question mark as to why it happened, but um, and one can only speculate, you know, um, but we haven't needed it. We've been able to continue. And there, there are so many people that are involved now. It's, it's really exciting. Yeah. I'm glad that that little bump in the road, like didn't stop you. I'm still really curious because I don't know why they would shut your account down. <laughs> you know, there, yeah. there's no logical reason. It must be like an, an AI kind of, I don't know, something about activity or wording or something, you know, triggered something. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. And so some some folks have, um, you know, suggested maybe maybe there was a complaint against um, the content, although, I mean, I don't think it was offensive or too revolutionary, but who who knows these days? <laughs> yeah. And I think I think all kinds of content like what you're posting is all over Instagram right now too. So I don't know what would right. mean your, what would make yours different from anything else. I, I can't think of any reason, but well, anyway, um, so the project is launching today and it runs, how long does it run for? For a week. So through uh, July 31st. And um, you know, that's, that's a general guideline. Um, so some people have started a little bit earlier. Um, some people won't be, able to start a little bit later. Um, and that's really fine. The, the most important point is to just be thinking and um, taking some action mm -hmm. on, on some of these big things that we've talk, been talking about. So, Yeah. And I, um, I thought I'd signed up. I don't know what I was thinking, but I, I, went, <laughs> I went on today and did. Um, and so I filled out awesome. like it's, it's just for people out there. It's a really simple form. You just fill out basic information. And 
Something I thought was interesting was you advocated that people choose their own um, organization they want to work with, or, or you know, if mm-hmm. I if I sell an artwork, essentially, like I'll donate the funds to something that I want, you know, that might be relevant to Los Angeles where I'm at versus mm-hmm. a pool where maybe you or some group of people decide where it goes. Uh, what made you spawn mm-hmm. that aspect of it? Was that part of the Bakers um, against racism also? That is how they set it up. And I I really liked that model um, because one, so I had three goals with this I guess, initiative. Um, one was to, of course, raise money in support of people, individuals, um, groups, organizations that support Black lives and are fighting against systemic racism. Um, the second goal was to really urge people to take time to educate themselves about their, their local issues, how systemic racism is impacting their own community, and to research what um, mutual aid groups or, or organizations um, locally need that kind of support um, to help ground someone's um, action in what's local um, and what's near to them and in their own community, I thought was really important. Um, so we're not just, um, although it would have been easier to say, here's some things you can support, go. Um, I, you know, part of this is um, urging people to to take ownership of of what they're doing and to educate themselves and really take some time to commit to that. Um, so that was why we did that. And then the, the third goal was um, to just, you know, for people like me who were wanting to create some art again and just needed a prompt to inspire some art making, but in in support of this movement. So those were the three goals. And that's why we chose um, having people make their own choices about who they would support. And then it's more personal and meaningful, too. Definitely. And I, yeah, and I think it it does create like a, a sense of belonging with your community that you're supporting things that will benefit like your fellow citizens where you are, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's just a really beautiful way to do things. Um, and so as the project is launching, like as we speak, there's probably people posting about it right now. <laughs> they um, are. <laughs> like, what is it like for you maintaining and juggling and and running this? Like, is it is it relatively hands off because it's like really just you're just kind of a, a locus for people to kind of join into this project and do something. But then they're kind of doing the work like is what do you have to do mm-hmm. while this is running? Are you just busy promoting? I'm busy promoting and I'm. I'm really trying to concentrate on my role as the having the basic information that people need and having um, some if resources that are helpful and effective for people to use as a, a jumping off point. So whether that's the, you know, the 10 steps of how to get started or just how to be helpful in general um, or with our um, some of our um, anti-racist resources list. Um, it's not meant to be an exhaustive list, but I think there's some really good jumping off points for people who haven't um, been engaged in reading or learning about any of these issues. And um, there are some art world specific um, resources in that list too that are important for people to really take a look at, especially in terms of um, the kinds of places we we all 
work and move in in terms of artistically and culturally in our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, to your original question. Um, so I, I am spending spending a lot of time promoting, sharing, um, letting as many people know, you know, who's involved, how they can support, um, and highlighting people um, and the supported organizations on the website, so people can can see at a glance. Whoa! Look at all. Look at all the organizations that are that are being supported with this um, everywhere. Um, so I've, that's really been my focus is trying to make sure like the hub has everything that everyone needs and that everyone feels supported as they're they're doing this on on their own in their own community. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I think it's good to keep everyone tethered to the tethered to the community effort while they're like doing their own work and. Uh, and it would help to have people just like see what other artists are doing who are also taking part. Like I have a bunch of friends who've, mm-hmm. I think I posted a story about it and then friends of mine were like, I signed up, did you? And they're all excited about it. And I think people are really excited. And I think it's a smart idea too, because the, yeah, like when the pandemic was happening and that was the main focus of the world, you know, before it was like, yeah, like so many people were getting active in their creative personal lives and like starting to do art. And there's, awesome artists who are making like incredible videos like you know Mm -hmm. like teaching everyone how to do the same art and like I don't know it's been really amazing and and yeah to take that and like pivot it towards like let's all do something that can like benefit the world and benefit like really just causes um I just love it um so if if people haven't gotten involved yet I'm assuming they can still join up you know today or in the next week right absolutely um the sign-up form will remain up, um, and I, um, I will. I hope to have um, potentially um, another, um, whether it's another fundraiser or just another call-out or creative prompt, um, potentially um, closer to the election. Yes. Um, yes. That that might be um, interesting and 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 useful to have some kind of um, get out the vote. Um, push um as another creative prompt um but for for people listening right now and and are wondering how to get involved yes please um sign up it's it's not too late um you don't have to make anything new um if you already have um artwork that you've created before it doesn't have to be activism or protest related um and you know if if it's not getting involved with the fundraising event um then just Tune in and take a look at the anti-racism resources. Take a look at what's going on in, in your own community that you can just begin to touch into um, if you haven't before, um, because really that's the most important thing to me. I mean, yes, this is awesome. We're all creating um, inspirational, uh, meaningful art. Um, we are all raising money. We are all... Um, educating ourselves about what's what's happening in the world and what we can potentially do to shift it. Um, and that's really the most important thing, whether or not you're involved in, in the sale or not. So yeah, definitely. That's, that would be a big message. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wanted to ask you one final thing, um, kind of relating to being a therapist. I wondered if do you think your background in therapy has given you some tools to kind of navigate this world that we're in right now? Um, mm. I think for me, like we've we've done a lot of just like 
real deep reflection throughout all this time, and it's been really, um, really eye-opening. And I, I almost can't see the world the same way anymore. It's like it's been really right. cha- like challenging on a number of levels. And being a white person, I have you know I'm dealing with like guilt and all kinds of things, and mm-hmm. and I, and I get where all that's coming from. And I'm doing for what I'm doing for me what I need to do for me to to make myself feel like better and make it feel like I can contribute, you know, just like you, I mm-hmm. want, I want to do something in service, you know, and, and I've learned a lot from a few therapists that I follow and that my girlfriend follows that kind of give perspective on, I don't know how to understand some of the things that we see, like the anger in the world and um, the, the fact that people just look the other way when they encounter racism, where they like accommodate it and laugh it off or all these, all these different right. things, you know, that were the norms. Um, like as a therapist, do you have any tips for people who are struggling either getting over the hurdle mm. to get involved, to engage in the first place, or maybe people who are mm-hmm. who are dealing with trauma that a lot of, you know, a lot of the events and things we're seeing are bringing up a lot of trauma for people. Do you have any insight for people um, mm. just on that level? Let me pause and breathe for a moment before I respond. Um, Yes, I, I am a therapist, so, um, and um, my training is in marital and family therapy, so essentially what that means is I've been trained in looking at things from a systemic and relational perspective, hmm. um, meaning that we are not all alone in the void, we are part of systems, our families that we grew up in, our friends, where we work, the neighborhoods we live in, the cities, states, countries that we live in, we are a part of our times. Um, and so that's that's one part of where my perspective comes from. The other is I am a Zen practitioner. Um, so I meditate, I sit, um, I think a lot about um, interconnectedness. Um, and having compassion for other people's suffering and difficulty. And one thing that um, I'm always thinking about is there's um, this story that um, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh tells in one of his books where, uh, you know, I think, I'll I'll butcher it, but it's like two monks come upon a lemon tree um, that is um, kind of giving forth um, bad, bad lemons. Um, they're not looking so great. And one of the monks essentially says something like, look at this terrible tree, this awful fruit that it's giving. Um, and the other monk, monk says, well, it's, it's not the fault of the tree. Um, what are the conditions in which this tree grew? So, um, and I, and I think about that a lot in terms of, um, how how we respond to things that are going on in the world in terms of individual behaviors or things that are happening happening um, and how it's natural for all of us to to immediately go to judgment and to anger and to all of the the valid emotions that come up when we're seeing really horrible things um, and they are horrible what's happening right now but to also pause and reflect on they haven't happened in a vacuum um, 
and that there are conditions culturally, societally, um, locally um, that have informed what's happening. Um, so I know this is probably a longer answer to your to your question, but I I I try to hold um, the thought that yes, there are are, are difficult, horrible things happening, um, and at the same time, there are people in the world that are working to change those things and make things better for everyone, as as they always have been, and we do we have seen change um, over our lifetimes. Um, so that's that's um, a thought and a hope that I hold. Um, and, and another just quote that gets me through quite a lot of things is by um, existentialist uh, Rollo May. He um, says, you know, courage uh, is the ability to persevere um, in spite of despair. And I know a lot of us are are despairing right now. And so I, I think about that quote quite a bit. Like we yes, we can despair, but like John Lewis says, we we can't get lost in the sea of it and we we can keep going at the same time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> you know, I mean after Saying all the, what I said, I it's definitely a hard question, and it's putting you on the spot, you know. And I, but I appreciate just the insight because I think I just I don't know. This is just me imagining, honestly. I'm not sure what people out in the world are feeling. It's probably every different thing you can imagine, you know. But I, I, <clears throat> I know for me, I know people in my community, like you know, other white people. Essentially, I'm talking about like a lot of them are are kind of are involved and some people are, are like learning and taking part and some people aren't. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to encourage people to like open their minds to what's happening a little bit, you know? And, uh, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. And it's people get to, I think, um, we all get to the, the path of being ready to do something at different junctures. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, and you know, a lot, a lot of that, um, a lot of the work on that path is internal. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I appreciate the, the urge and the push for many people to say, you know, we, we can't wait, we have to do something now. But sometimes a lot of that doing is also internal. It's really thinking about um, what has my own role been? What have my biases been? What is the right next step for me to do that makes sense for my own experience life um, resources. Um, so everyone gets to it at a different point in time, um, but hopefully we'll all get there. Um, but in the meantime, it is, it's, it's such a tough time. And I'm sure you've seen all, all the sites and all the advice about um, caring for oneself at this time too. So yes, yes, it's important mm -hmm. to jump in, um, but it's also important to jump back out <laughs> every once in a while to to take care of um, our bodies and minds, which I mean, that's that's our instrument, right? <laughs> to, to do some good in the world. So it's, mm -hmm. it's just as important to do that also. So, so true. Very, very true. Um, 
Well, thank you for making time and for launching this project. And I really hope it's a big success. And maybe maybe when it's winding down, we could have you back on and I could, you know, get an update as to like what some of the, the results have been, because I'm sure along with like fundraising, I'm sure all kinds of other things might spawn from from this activity. You never know. So uh, so great work just coming up with this and pushing through and. I know it's challenging doing a project when you don't know who the audience is yet or if people will engage. It's kind of scary. Um, so, yeah, so good good yeah, work getting you. this launched. Thank you for having me on. And if I can just say a final thank you again to Bakers Against Racism. They've just been so great. Um, and they even um, shared um, what we're doing on their Instagram last night with, with their followers. And it's just, um, it, it feels... Um, Great to be supported. I mean, everyone that's that's jumping on board and reaching out and getting involved and just helping to spread the word. Thank you to everyone. Thank you. Well, yeah. So one last time, like, how do people um, maybe mention your donate your domain and your Instagram account again, just so people can find you if they're listening and they want to mm-hmm. check it out right now. Great. Yeah. To learn more, um, visit our website at printmakersagainstracism.com. And you can find us on Instagram at Printmaking as Resistance. Um, that's the home of the project right now. Um, and thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening today. And um, again, yeah, check out the project if you can't if you can't take part and sell your art for a good cause, or if you can't afford to buy some art for a good cause from one of these people who's sharing, you know, share the project and just get the word out to other people because it's really just finding exposure, I think, at this point to make it as big and as great as it can be. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you, Desiree, for coming on uh, awesome. the Printcast today. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, good luck with the project as it rolls out. Thank you. We'll keep you updated. Yeah, definitely do. Thanks for tuning into the Printcast. Thanks to my guest, Desiree Averis from Printmakers Against Racism for coming on the podcast. Check out her project, share about it, buy prints if you can, um, sell your art and donate the proceeds to a local cause that supports black lives. Um, just any way you can take part, it's good. So check it out online at printmakersagainstracism.com or on Instagram at printmakingasresistance. If you haven't done it yet, I always appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. And you can show your support for the Printcast on Patreon for as little as $3 a month at patreon.com forward slash the Printcast. Thanks again for listening to the show, and I'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Printcast, a podcast about print shops, the artist, the process, and all the things we make. If you like what you were listening to, help us get the word out by subscribing and leaving a five-star review and sharing with your friends on social media. You can find the Printcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, as well as on the website printcast.com. Music for the show is by Jazar. Voiceover provided by Jim Bertzall and Rhiannon Bertzall. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you again on another episode of the Printcast. Bye for now.